All right, ready? Yes. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we get to spend together. Um, thank you for allowing us to come together and speak on these difficult topics that um, most people shy away from. Um, we ask that you speak through each of us and guide this conversation. And as always, I invite um, the Holy Spirit into this place and just protect us, Lord God, keep us covered. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I really got a little bit. Every time I get on here, I get nervous. I don't get nervous. Bond that anybody out. Let it go. <laughs> so, what's up, everybody? Thanks for meeting us this evening. Um, tonight, we have a very heavy topic with a very special guest, Danny. She is my friend. Well, she's my friend through my sister. So, we friends too. Um, and of course, we got Allison, me and Allison on the screen, bringing our friend Danny into the mix to talk about um, the LGBTQ um, conversation. Um, I'm not going to share too much about Danny's testimony. I'm going to let her share that. But she has um, overcome a lot um, dealing, being in that community. Um, I can also relate. I've been through some things in that community as well. So we're going to share parts of our testimony, answer questions that you have that are related to this um, community and the biblical um, context and history behind it. We're going to share some scriptures with y'all. So if you have questions, just drop them in the chat. And we're going to keep it pushing tonight. We'll keep it real transparent, real honest, and just... Um, have a good time sharing um, messages from the Lord and exploring this topic. So, Danielle, go ahead and you can tell the people a little bit about yourself and then um, share a snippet of your testimony. All right. I'm going to grab water first. <laughs> okay. Okay, so she might be a little long-winded, but we wanted to get on here and talk about this because um, I hear a lot that people of the LGBT community think that God doesn't love them, that like the Bible literally says that homosexuality is an abomination. So they view themselves as God hates me. He don't want me. I'm an abomination. Um, I'm going to go to hell and all that. So we really just want to break that down, debunk that mess and just share the truth um, behind how God views the LGBT community. And then just our own personal experience and, and views about it. You ready, Daniel? I can have a call. Okay. okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, my name is Danielle, but I go by Danny. I am born November 14th, 1998. So, I'm 23 years old. And, um, Yeah, I am, I have been delivered from LGBTQ. I have been in that community for about, in between two to four years. Um, I wasn't initially aware until I was 16. And um, it was a battle. It wasn't easy. It was a lot of crying, a lot of you know, not feeling worthy, a lot of 
if God still loves me thoughts in my head um a lot of that going on but it took a lot like it took more than just you can't just go around people who are totally against something and and try to bring it out of you like oh we gonna get this girl delivered we finna get this baby delivered like that ain't nothing but the devil it's just it's more than that so when you come to realization with yourself like okay realization is an act of becoming fully aware you know of something as a fact and the initial point of correcting any error in the process of refining healing and improving is a realization of opposing factors you know i learned that reading a book called repent and basically he was saying you can't fix what you know not broke so I knew something was wrong with me. I knew that it wasn't okay. It was very hard trying to be me and live for God at the same time. And I had to realize, like, it was an error. And I couldn't come to a grips of recognizing myself if I was still going to do this and still try to follow God. Right. At that point where you said you, it was hard for you to be yourself, it just came across my mind that's because we weren't made that way we weren't built to be in relationship with the same sex no matter how intriguing our flesh um was drawn to Mm -hmm. it it, we just don't work that way right um it's like when we think of how we make vows and covenants and stuff and how God established, he established his commandments. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning was the word. So we do the same thing when we make vows or like coming into relationships with people and, and start talking to people and just deciding we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But I realized it was wrong. I was bisexual. I started out liking boys, you know, I grew up with the, oh, if the boy hit you, he like you, he he like you, he like you. No, because I, I beat up boys. I never got into a fight <laughs> or an altercation with a girl. All of my physical fights up until high school were with boys. <laughs> so that had a lot to do with me being, you know, bisexual, too. I felt like I could put my hands on guys. Like... Mm-hmm. I could beat up guys as if they were a girl. Like, oh, we finna fight. And, you know, that was just me. So, and I just knew it was wrong. So, yeah. Um, I don't know where to start. Should I start, <laughs> like, um, when when I knew or? Yeah. So, you- like, talk about, like, when, like, do you know if anything triggered this? Like, for me, I was seeking for love. Like, I wasn't getting it. And so I was like, okay, well, let me go try this out. And so that's how I got um, um, into it. So how how did that start for you? When I got bullied and I wasn't getting attention and I wanted to be liked back for once. And Mm -hmm. all the boys that I liked and chased around didn't like me back. But something about the girls, you know, it was always the girls and they didn't see me as their equal because I already had masculine energy. So 
I was a tomboy growing up, like a tom girl, and it just I gave it a chance when I just knew for sure, like, oh, I'm attracted to females. This is all it's gonna be because don't no boy like me, ain't no dude gonna love me. Like I'm not content with not feeling loved right now. So I'm gonna comfort that feeling. And I knew it was wrong when I started it, but it, it was me thinking like I just want somebody for me. Yes. And I was madly in love with a girl. Like we <laughs> it was just it was a lot, like madly in love. And um things happen as kids too, like that you don't know. Um I got kissed on the playground by a girl and I didn't know, you know, that it would have started something then too. Like, oh that's it's okay. You know, we can play house at school. Like we can do that, but it starts at a young age, and you have those talks. You know, I'm very transparent with my parents coming up. I told my mommy and daddy. My dad spent a lot of time in prison, so it was like I only had my mom to go to, and my mom would just be like, you can't, you know, spend a night at these people's house. You can't go here, and they can't come here, because once I told my mom the truth about school and stuff, Parents think like, okay, you can't go to that girl's sleepover because ain't no telling what she's going to do. And mm -hmm. that's what I learned. Like, you know, things happen like that. And I have family members that's victims of that. Like, I have uh, LGBT. I have lesbian cousins and stuff because they were victims of harassment at girl's sleepovers and stuff. So it could have been me. But when I did sleep over, that didn't happen. But it came to a point where my mom was like, yeah, no. You getting kissed at the playground? Like, no. Mm -mm. Right, right. And she lives in your neighborhood? No. She can't come over here and you can't go over there. So I already knew my mom wasn't okay with same-sex stuff. Yeah. Yes. So you was on the playground and little girls was trying you already. Mm -hmm. Already. I just had this what what grade I had to be in third grade or second. It was before my mom passed. I know that. I think it was either second or first. It was early. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that is early. That's, that's like when you can go to your friend's sleepovers and stuff and like, you watch my baby, I watch your baby type, like, you know, your kids. But no. Yeah. I had Hispanic friends coming up, so they was different. Oh, okay. okay. So you was okay. you was introduced to that type of lifestyle early, um, in a, in your age. But so tell us about when it when it stopped when you decided. Okay, I when my mom when my parents right. told me it was wrong, and um, I didn't have an appetite for that. I was focused on school, sports, and playing. I wasn't like, I my innocence was still there. Like, I still have my innocence because I saw it as, uh, like, I didn't get that feeling until I hit puberty around 16. And I've already had, like, you know, my reflections of my past. Like, I'm a tomboy, and I hang out with all of these boys, and I'm always fighting all of these boys. And it will always be a problem. Like, the homies, like, the boys, they would want to come outside and, like, can we play with Dan? Like, can Dan come outside with us? They didn't call me Danielle. They called me Dan. 
they call me Dan the man. So they was like, can, can she come outside? And my dad be like, heck no, my daughter can't come outside. <laughs> well, all of y'all, because my dad think like that, but they was like, nah, your daughter really cool. She ain't like, you know, we not trying to smash or nothing. That's really our homegirl. We put her on game, but she put us on game. Yeah. And, like, just having a lot of homeboys and friends around, like, 16 up until then, like, I was able to get them with people and all that other stuff. So I was, like, clout for them when it came to, like, okay, yeah, we, you know, because I, I could dress up and go outside. Right. Or I could just be a little rug rat. You know, it didn't matter. But they got what they wanted. Like, I was a, they would use me for, like, a, a trophy piece or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, we hanging out with Danny today or we hanging out with Dan. Like, you know, it was like that coming up. Yeah. Okay. That um, but that appetite started at 16. Okay. Mm -hmm. How did you, while you were, like, in, like, doing all that stuff? How did I? Yeah, how did you feel? How did it make you feel? Um, I was in denial about it because I still felt like I was trying to keep it away from my family. Mm -hmm. Like it was a side that they didn't see in me and then it was the normal side. They never questioned me. It was never anything like that. April Fool's Day came and I wrote a whole letter on how I was gonna be with a girl, how I was gonna find a way to have kids with a girl, be with a girl, but it was on April Fool's Day. I put the three, I wrote three pages three pages. There was no way that was going to be a joke. Right. That like, was and I put it in the refrigerator. Like, <laughs> I put it in the fridge. Inside the fridge. Right in front of the milk. That's funny. I can relate, though, with the, with the living two lives. Like, when I was indulgent, like, ain't nobody know, but me and the girl I was messing with until maybe a couple months got more comfortable um but like i really lived two lives like i didn't really let nobody know what i was doing what i had going on because i knew it was not the right thing to do first of all mm -hmm. and then that's tough living living two different lives living for trying to live for the lord and then on the back side you busting it down for the devil like that's hard and it's like embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I mean, I wouldn't say I was hiding it because, I mean, when I finally came out about it, they was like, we already knew. Mm. And I said, what? Like, so it was really like a battle with myself. It wasn't, it was like, dang, I'm over here walking around on eggshells with me. Like, I'm over here conflicted because I'm trying to tell myself, no, this ain't right. Like, I'm being in denial. I'm looking at myself in the mirror like, no, no, I can't do this. Like, and this is in a time where I was taking care of my mother. My mom was sick. So there was no downtime to read the Bible. Yeah, I didn't read the Bible until my dad got out of prison. He kept me in the Bible because he was reading it while he was in there. So... My mom, she wasn't really like, she was like, she prayed with us, but she never sat down and opened it with us. She spent most of her time sick. So when I opened up to my mom about liking girls, it was like rarely too late. Like that, it was rarely too late. And I was already going through other stuff. Like, you know, trusting your best friends, older kids around your kids was not good. And when stuff like that happened to you, 
that's when I like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to be with girls. This is what I like. This is what makes me comfortable. This is what I want. When a dude tries to force himself on you, but he's supposed to be like your family, like your god brother, and you know, uh-uh. I don't like this. So I'm not okay with this. So I know for sure I don't ever want to feel. I don't want to feel that. I didn't get the, a chance to heal, and I didn't want to feel that. So when I went through that, I just was content with females, and it was just chasing me all my life, like. There was taller studs that liked me in my neighborhood. There were, like, girly girls that liked me. Like, I just, it was either one. I was like Grace Jones. Like, <laughs> that's how I felt. I felt invincible when I learned about Grace Jones. Like, when I when I learned the definition of androgynous, I said, this is me. I am Ruby Rose to these <laughs> Like, when I got to high school and I started watching Orange is the New Black, I said, I am Ruby Rose to the, like, this is me. Like, Y'all, all of y'all want me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay I'm, with that because I'm, cool I'm going to want y'all back. Yeah, but, like, I'm going to want y'all back. So it's I'm okay with this. I like this. That's funny. So you was, like, just getting, it was com comfortable, and you were getting everything that you were seeking in that in that life, but still you knew it wasn't right. So what? how did right. you think that God felt about what, how you were living and, and what scriptures convicted you? Um, when I finally, when my daddy got out, <laughs> and I finally read it, and I could understand, um, I read KJV, and I just could not do the thou art. Like, I started making a joke out of it before people started trying to speak like that. I would be like, um, what art thou doing today? Like, I would already say <laughs> stuff like that, because that's how they talked in the Bible. So, I was already on to that before it became a trend these days. And... Um, once I read the NIV and I sat down, um, I already seen it going on in the church I was going up in, like, there was, uh, we had a lesbian girl who was on, um, one of the, like, she watched the kids and stuff, and we would watch, like, Veggie Tales and stuff with them, but I already seen that stuff going on in church, but when I read it for myself, all I had to do was read Genesis and the scripture, you know, that stuck out to me. I got my, let me see, <laughs> right. Go ahead, open the book up. No, I, it didn't went to Leviticus. It said, forget that. <laughs> open it up, what he said. That's the feast. Oh, yeah, I needed this version. This is what I read uh, growing up. Um, okay, so Genesis 1, 22, verse 22, um, when God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, I had to make it make sense. Yeah. You're not, like, when he said be fruitful and multiply, I had to think about it. Like, I'm trying to have sexual, like... I'm trying to do stuff with a female. I can't get her pregnant and she can't get me pregnant. That that That's breaking God's heart. And this is how the world is trying to make it make sense by mm -hmm. the adoption and the surrogates and the, um, the men. 
that's the the transgender man getting pregnant and having yes the world is trying to make it make sense doing that part yeah when he said be fruitful and multiply that and it was another one um i knew we was messed up when he he was sorry that he made us when I read that, I said, oh, this is going to be a story. I ain't even going to read this. I'm going to just wait till my daddy get out. <laughs> he didn't even say sorry. He said he, <laughs> that he, he regretted that he made yeah, it. Like, hey, that's a strong word. <laughs> like, I regret. He already knew he was. Like, he already knew he was going to regret this. But it was just like, life. It's like life apart from him is like, what are you doing? Like, you in a stagnant. It's- What's that scripture where he said that where, where he said he regretted that he made us? We need to put that on the on the t shirt or something. Because he he definitely said that. Yeah, he, he was sorry for making man. Came out acting the fool. Yeah. Um, that is it's one of my favorite. I gotta highlight it too. Cause I didn't even I remember reading that, but I didn't really take too much note to that. But he really said that. I think it's like around the fall of man. Let me see. Now I got up in here. I did. Okay, Genesis 6 and 6. Yep, I knew it. Okay, because this was before he started over with Noah and the flood and stuff. Um, Genesis 6 and 6 says... Um, the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals, to creeping things and to birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them. He said blot out. (laughs) (laughs) That is wild. But no one found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You said what now? But Noah found favor yes. in the eyes of the Lord. Oof. Yes, thank you, Noah. And he even told us. Thank he you. said the days of Noah, like when we the beginning, we talking about the beginning. And it makes a lot of sense because he's Alpha and Omega. And when he says, what's first shall come last, like everything is making sense to me now. Like, okay, like I'm starting to see the days of Noah. Like, you know, um, the way the sun's looking orange and stuff like that. So I'm like, did somebody are, did one of the angels already pour a layer over the sun? Like, what's going on? Like, it's making a lot of sense. Yeah. And that right there, the fact that he was sorry, I, that needs to go on the shirt. I'm going to get it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to purchase it. Because I already, I'll be wearing repent clothes, but I need to get that. I still got my IM, you know what I'm saying? Okay, period. <laughs> Um, glory be unto God. Um, that's good. That's good. So that's good because I, I get very, I'm very convicted by scripture too. Um, and that's what like convicted me to turn my mess around when I was um messing with same sex people. Um, like even the last time I had sex with female, I felt so disgusted. Like in the moment, I was like, all right, okay, this is fine. But afterwards, I just felt my flesh was just icky mm-hmm. because I knew it was it was not pleasing to the father. 
And that's really all I want to do is just, you know, please him. Because he's the one who saved me. He's the one who made me this person here sitting here today. And I owe all to him. Right. Um, what do you say, Allison? I'm just saying amen to that. Mm. I feel you on that because I just knew it's like, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You know, you've been saved and delivered from things because I was delivered from it before I even started messing with girls again. And when I finally did it, um, and I had sex with a girl, before I even did it, I heard you know better. I got on top of the girl. I was finna go to town. Okay, I'm sorry. But the Holy Spirit said, you know better. Yeah. I wasn't trying to hear that. Yeah. I wasn't trying to hear that. I know. <laughs> now it's time for asking, what are you, doing? you know better. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know better. And then afterwards, I bet you just feel sick. I was completely <laughs> nauseous. And I went home. I went home and I wasn't even sober. Yeah. And I, I came straight to my prayer room and I prayed in here and I repented and I cried and I didn't wake up to the next day in this prayer room until sunlight was in this prayer room. Yeah. I knew I was done. I knew I was a goner after that because you told me three times and you didn't say anything else after that. Mm -hmm. It never just take three times. Like, the Holy Spirit don't like repeating themselves neither. Like, it's like they show up right, they show up right when you need them, and it's like... Yeah. It, what, what the Bible verse says that um, God will always make a way out of sin for you. Mm -hmm. Way out. You just gotta see the way out. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, That's it was, it was over. Stuff I was doing, and the Lord was like, what did you do, my brother? In the moment, what did you do, bruh? Like, yeah, it's not even like it's. I was already like, it's crazy because I was good. I had got delivered. I was speaking in tongue. I was praying faithfully. I take a break for a day, and I go to this party after work. That's you fraternizing. Like. That's what it was. I fraternized. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, it causes drama. It causes love triangles. It causes a lot of stuff. Everybody at work know your business. And that's when Leviticus came into play. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is it. This ain't going to work. This ain't for me. <laughs> you win. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. And I want it. I want to live righteously. I want to live right in your eyes. I want to be, you know. Right. What I've prayed for, what I've heard myself praying for, like being the apple of his eye. Wow. You know, I've got, you know, like I said, I'm not a saint. I've I fornicated. But every time I go get put at the altar for a prophesying, you are so precious in the Lord's eyes. You are pure. You are so he can do a lot with you. I haven't made a bloodshed covenant yet. That's all. But I still I'm a fornicator. I, and I idolize Tupac. That's about it. Right. And but, that that's one of the things that the Lord he He tells us to flee, to run from sexual sin. Yeah. To yes, run. Not walk. 
bitch. Wow. <laughs> That's the battle right there. Oh my gosh. That's you got to fast. You got to do a lot of praying. That's a whole nother. It's not a joke because when you don't listen, it's not even just a conviction. You ain't even get hit with your your um consequences yet. Oh, this is conviction. This is conviction right now. I'm about to rip the band-aid off. You finna go through this. Like, I don't want to be bothered for a couple of days. I don't care who called my phone. I'm fasting right now. Child. That's yeah. tough. Them consequences. Listen, when I, I was reading in Kings and I was reading about um Ahab and how the Lord delayed his discipline to his next generation. Lord, I just saw the whole, I just saw my whole bloodline flashing for my <laughs> Lord, my daughter, my daughter. <laughs> I said, my daughter cannot go through this. Yeah, like, that touched me. This whole conversation is touching me because I don't want my daughter to go through nothing I experienced. Right. You know, a consequence is coming. You just don't know when. Right. Right. And you know, I already got my kids' names picked out. Like, I want two. Yeah. A boy and a girl. Please give me a boy. I need a boy. I'm made to be a, <laughs> I'm a, a boy mom. <laughs> boy mom. Yeah. Boy mom, me please. I need a black son, a black king. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the question of the night. Do you think, and all of let's all just put in our um viewpoint on do you think whether or not the L anybody from the LGBTQ community will go to heaven or hell? Are they like automatically doomed? to hell because they are in same-sex relationships and so on and so forth. Do I so, think they should go to hell? You oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, okay. no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I got to wait on this. So um, my personal view is if you are dealing with um, same-sex attraction, but you're, but you're not acting on it, okay, all sin is sin. It's all on the same Being a drunk, being being a cheater all sin is the same except for um blaspheming the holy spirit so i believe that if you are struggling with same-sex attraction but you are living for the lord and you're not acting on that attraction that you will go to heaven that's a sin that you're struggling with everybody has a sin that they're struggling with but if you're not actively acting on it then yes i believe you will go to heaven I, I think I agree the same thing like all like you said all sin is on the same um playing field mm-hmm. and as long as you are actively walking turning from it says resist the enemy and he will flee from you as you're turning from your sin intentionally and not just binging on it and then going back and asking God for repentance for forgiveness yeah. that you are doing the work within yourself repenting and actually growing then i believe you'll go to heaven but if you just blatantly like okay i'm gonna do this then i'm pray i'm gonna do this then i'll pray nah because once you can't play god right you you do that and i don't believe that once you and if regardless if you got baptized and you got this gift and that gift it don't matter it don't matter you you gonna go to hell period there's no once saved always saved you gotta literally you gotta that's why we go through sanctification Salvation and glorification. Yep. Um, my opinion on that, like I said, for me, it came with realization because it was an era. 
for me, my sense. I felt like I was going to hell. Um, personal experience, I only felt like I was going to hell because I needed to repent. Um, I didn't feel like there was no way that the Lord could accept me like this because this is not what he said. This is not what he wanted, you know, um, and we're not always going to get it right. But if he knows in our hearts, if we try, mm -hmm. um, he tells us what really matters. You know, did you lead people to me? You know, um, but I feel like as long as you repent and admit, you know, like confess, I've accepted I've accepted my ways, but once I found out there was a way to be, when I found out what it really was, like just me, when I had to deny myself, I would have been going straight to hell. I would have, I was hell bound. Like, Same. did you know three-year-olds aren't even four and five-year-olds? They're not, ex they're not exempt from that. Like, you know better. It's, it's like the you know better, you'll do better, but it's not even that. It's a choice. For me, I didn't want it. I chose I chose to be bisexual and I saw myself going to hell and I had a fiery dream experience. And Ooh, I know that was I'm a dreamer. I am a dreamer. Same. I have a lot of spiritual gifts, but when I want to know something so bad, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to cut my phone off a few days, and I'm going to ask uh, God, I'm ready for you to answer. I don't care what's coming in the way. What bill coming in the mail, I need an answer. So I'm one of those, what they call Christian maniac, crazy maniac. <laughs> it's me and you time, God. Like, I need an answer. Yeah. And you can't, you got you to gotta be careful because... The devil loves an idle mind. You can't get distracted. Yes. But I had a dream. I was burning. I was falling. And I just felt like there was no way. There was no way. Like, there was no way. I can't. It wasn't his order. So me personally, like I said, I feel like, you know, People can change, but I'm going to tell the truth. Yeah. No. You know, all sin is seen to be the same. He breaks down the sins in there. You can't, there's no repentance after committing suicide. I have friends who committed suicide. I have friends who died in their sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that. how can I ask him to forgive me? Because I was battling this demon of being bisexual and I couldn't take it no more because I couldn't come to you and ask I done broke down and cried to you and I, I couldn't defeat my demons anymore so now it's really over they won yeah and I, so think I have friends who have committed suicide over it I feel like it's it's an order if he made you that way everybody has a, a order a way everybody has their place um but me personally, I saw myself going to hell. That's why I, I say I say yes because I I got delivered twice, and I still have that appetite sometimes. And I still 
you know, the devil knows my weaknesses, but he don't know my future. I worked at Publix yesterday. I served a lady before we even had this conversation. We had the conversation, and I was fine. Before we even started this live, she asked me if I had a boyfriend, and she said I was cute. She sees my nails, and I'm serving her salmon, bourbon salmon. I work in the seafood and meat department. You asked me. You asked me. The enemy. If I had a boyfriend and that I was cute, I'm attractive. You told me that. You see my nails. And you not ugly. <laughs> you not ugly. <laughs> so I'm over here like biting my knuckles because the devil knew. Like Satan knew. He was out to get me. He sent somebody in the store. Exactly what I liked from my past. Everything. Like, but I wasn't looking into it that way. She spoke to me. Because I, I was delivered from that. I wasn't living like that no more. She spoke to me. So are you saying that, yes, you will go to hell? Like, you going? Or yeah, no? I, I will. I saw, I, I had that experience with myself. Um, I saw myself going to hell. I felt like I felt I was in hell. After you painted. This was before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I did repent, but I didn't have an appetite for it no more. Yeah. Because when I repented, I fleed from that. Yes. He saw me standing on ground, putting everything in front of what was trying to take me down. Right. Oh, okay. She after me. She's after my heart. She's not worried about that abomination or that abomination or that abomination. She's not worried about it because as long as she focused on me, she don't have time to think about that. Oh, she just canceled the assignment of the enemy. She just canceled you out. You just asked to tip my daughter again yesterday in the store with a female. She canceled your assignment because she knew what she had to do tonight. Amen. Glory be unto God. That's good, sis. That's good. And I so, want yeah, I, I feel like you'll go to hell only because <laughs> of my experience. Yeah, I agree. If you don't if you're not repented, if you're repented, no, you're not yeah. going to heaven. You're going but to if hell. you don't repent, that's why they said we gotta repent. Yeah. Every day. Um, everybody uses that God knows my heart as an excuse. Ooh, child, that get on my nerves. Yeah. Cause your heart is deceitful anyway. So Yeah, they get on my nerves. And people say, the Lord said, come as you are. They think they're talking about outfits. No, he's talking about your soul. Come now. Matthew's going to tell you to deny yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we got all of this on us. You know, Danny, you you gay. You over here loving it. You over here rubbing up on You know what I'm saying? You loving it. But you can't bring all of that trying to get me. <laughs> that can't come with you. I had the same experience, and many pastors told me this is giving God us a second chance, but giving you a view of what could happen if you keep going. He was he talking about his hell experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I but that's Absolutely. the thing. Yeah, that's what I. That was what I wanted at the time. That that consumed me, you know. And when I when I was done, I was tired of myself. Yeah, no. I I I can't be a coward. I got to face this demon. Right. And I had to cry. You know, I had to get in that prayer room. I had to war. He woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I already knew I had to pray. I already knew what was going on. We were just talking about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And I, I, I expressed, I literally expressed in my prayer room, lamentation. I was grieving for my spirit because I wasn't fully done. I was like, get it out of me, get it out of me. I was pouring my heart out and I was asking him to deliver me and I got nauseous. Mm. I got nauseous. It was coming out. Yes. So I needed to wake up. Yes, glory. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on what you said earlier about how um people feel like or God doesn't love them or um you feel like you can't come to him or you can't come to God because you feel dirty and you're saying that is a, a trick from the enemy. The enemy to repent. And I I feel like there's a lot of people who think that, oh, because I'm gay or I'm dealing with alcoholism or I'm dealing with sex outside of marriage, I'm too dirty for God and God can't fix me. God can fix anybody. He can I might as well not. I can't prevent this from happening. I can't. Right. I it's, can't. It's the action of stopping me from something arising within me. I might as well not. Right. Like we don't have control. Like we don't have free will. You have every ounce of will in your body to say no and the whole point of repentance is for intentionality yes david david oh my gosh david was so genuine david was cutthroat sleeping with Air david ain't played no games he was just about bad as peter okay now he was intentional every time he went to god like my biggest thing about the whole I'm 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 a lesbian, but I repent. Is you cannot claim to want change or undo something if you're not putting forth the action. Yep. And that's why I had to make a choice and tell myself no. I had to deny myself. Just like I asked to be born. I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be here. So why not listen to my creator? Just mm -hmm. like he he gave me life. Just like I asked for this life, I might as well listen to the one who could take me out. Yep. Who gonna take me out? Mm -hmm. Okay. And he, so that's what it was like, like. Soul in heaven or hell? I had to prevent sin by canceling assignments and putting myself where I needed to be. If I'm doing my KBU, if I'm doing my lessons, if I'm evangelizing, if I'm sticking with ministry, mm -hmm. I won't have time for. Uh, fornication and sexual desires or I I won't be in a situation where I have to decide if I'm going to flee or not. Yep. Because my heart at a steady pace after God's heart. That's yep. right. Yep. So I just, it was, I can't I, I was going to hell. I feel like there, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree. If you if you not repent, if you don't repent, if you don't change your ways then yeah. It, mm -hmm. it, saying you're, you're going to go to hell but if you are active if you repent and you're actively trying to change who you are you're dying to yourself daily you're on the right track yep because you you don't have you're not lacking action or discipline yep i agree but the more the moral of the story is god loves you like more than you can imagine like it's hard for me to wrap my head around that because i never had i never experienced fatherly love so it was harder for me to wrap my head around the concept like this man appeared he really 
loves me and I can come to him with any anything. He's not going to judge me. He's not going to turn from me as long as I'm in his face, being honest with him and everything that I'm going through. He's going to accept me and he's going to guide me. He's going to change me. I am changed. Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't feel because they're stuck in that um how can I say this? God is all seeing, all knowing. So he knows when we have remorseful apologies and we're genuine. And he knows when it's attached to a spiritual device. He knows when it's attached to the real, you know, okay, yeah. yeah. I already knew. It. Come on back. You know, don't keep going out of my will. Come on back. I, I'm glad you did this. And I, I mean, I gave you free choice and free will. And I'm glad you are taking the opportunity for forgiveness. Right. Like, I'm I'm glad you're taking the step. Yep. Knowing that we're most likely to commit to that act rep uh, repeatedly, so it's a repetitive thing. And David was sorry. David, I love David. Like. The worst it gets is when you get real with yourself and intentional, and that's when you gotta find people that are like-minded, that are going through the same thing as you, because they're they're fighting for truth and they're looking for the realness in them. No matter how many times you cry out to him, no matter how many you know oaths or you know things that you did or partaken in, he gave us the opportunity to repent, so we have to use it. He was even sorry. Your creator was sorry. He knew. He knew. Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what repentance helps with. If he knows it's genuine and, and what's good and what's acceptable and what's perfect, he's going to give that to you. Like you're showing genuine remorse like I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this. This is not the way. This is not living for you. Right. Yeah. That's good. That is good. That is good. I think this is a good conversation. Um, so let's, if y'all don't have much more to say, we can go ahead and start wrapping it up in the closing remarks for the people if anybody got any questions about the lgbt community or just anything about um christianity and the lord drop it in the comments yes. um prayer requests if you have prayer requests you can put it in the comment or you can send uh, us an email and i'll put the email in the the last thing i wanted to Point to make sure we talk about we talked about it when we were on the phone the other day just um before like saying before you do anything and everything you do ask yourself is this bringing glory to god is what i'm doing right now is this bringing glory to my father is this going to make him happy if he was sitting in front of me right now would i be still doing this that's good yep yep is it for the glory of him? Because, I mean, I made the choice to deny myself. So when I deny myself, 
I took up my cross to follow you. Yes. So I'm doing it for you. It's not for me anymore. Right. When you understand that this life is not about you, my just daughter. like you weren't asked to be here. Right. Yeah. It's not about get out your feelings because it's not about you. Yes. When you grasp that, it'd be it'd be so much more. Mm. Be sober. Be diligent. Because your adver your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. When you know who you are in God, he can't touch you. He can't get you. He wants you. He not looking for nobody he already got. Mm -hmm. He cannot win. Like, when you strong in the Lord, that's why I use a lot of scriptures. Like, if I already know who I am, and you showed me who I was in you, I'm about to use my spirit. Like, I'm really, we finna go to war. Okay? Like, we finna... You can't get to me. Right. You can't get to me. Oh. It's, and it's not always the devil either. Like, I cancel his assignment. So it's like, it's like, nah, something ain't happening around here. Or things getting too good, something bad finna happen. No. You gotta bond that out. You gotta speak life. Mm. And as a person who speaks life into themselves every day, rise above it. You got righteousness to go forth with. Rise above it. You done got through every bad day rise above it mm -hmm. you still got work to do this is this is nothing <laughs> compared to the kingdom life this is nothing i don't want nothing here like glory let's go peace out glory <laughs> <laughs> i um i watched i don't remember if it was on tiktok or instagram but i watched the video the other day and this man was saying how you know when we go to a hotel we pack light because we don't we don't intend on staying there for the rest of our lives and he said the way that this life is set up is temporary and so many so many people get caught up with living life on earth that they don't even think about Jesus or what happens after you die and they they put all their prioritizing flesh and not spirit your spirit mm -hmm. man weak yeah they, so when back. your spirit come on defense yes yeah what do you have to show forth when you stand before me? Because your spirit going to come with all the... We're going to drop this off right here. Right. Everything she did do, everything she didn't do. Right. Let's and testify. Be, <laughs> right. Be reminded that this car, this apartment, this house, these fingernails, businesses, these computer businesses, this ain't going with you. This is going to stay right here where it's at. It's not going with you. Yep. So that's funny. Yeah. Who are you Scott? Mm -hmm. yeah. You have you guys have any more remarks? I don't see no comments, questions, concerns, prayers in the box. So I'm assuming that ain't nobody got none. Nope. Nope. I feel like it's the people though. That's my last remark. You just be careful about who you be around because spirits jump. <laughs> Huh? I said, just be careful about who you be around because spirits jump. It's also the people. That's what caution is. Yourself with um, that part. Caution. Let me tell you. Your spirit be like, get me away from her. I Put was shades on. I don't even want her looking at my veil. Put some glasses on me. <laughs> like that's me at work. Like 
that's me at work. I have to put shades on because I know what I bring. I know who I belong to. Glory. And I, I got to chill because I'm really a little bit arrogant when it comes to God because I'm like, come on now. Come on now. Like, you really finna test me today? That's Do you not know who you are, who I am? Like, you better get it together and go repent. Let me put my glasses on. But it's, it's, the, it's the people. As long as we don't get Mike Todd arrogant, okay? Because he be tripping. Yeah. Who <laughs> uh, we? Somebody. Not, not that arrogant. Because I commented on a bit. <laughs> what? Somebody cussed me out about him on TikTok. Oh my God. Of course. I just the had thing to is about to cut us off. It says we got one minute and fifty seconds left. Wow! I guess we. Got, <laughs> I guess we can only be in here for an hour. And Daniel, uh, huh? She loading her thing. Loading. Oh no! Is mine keep going? You can see me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We we got one minute and thirty seconds left. So I'm gonna pray. Us okay. out, she gone. I'm gonna pray us out and then we can do say. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gathering of me, Allison, and Danny, and all the people who joined on the stream today. Lord, thank you for them, God. I just send out prayer for covenant protection over us and the listeners, Father God. Keep us guarded, God, planning his protection around our homes, Father God, around our hearts, bodies. Minds and spirits, God, that nothing evil will come up against us, God. Let the plans of the enemy return unto them a hundred times fold, Father God. As is, as we pour out, God, that you pour into each and every one of us, God, remind us of the genuine love that you have waiting, readily available for us. Yes, Lord. In your presence, Father God. And I pray that if there's anybody that's questioning whether or not they should come to you, Father God, that you send them a reminder or send them some type of message, give them an encounter, God, to remind them of who you are and what you mean to them, Father God, so that they can go to you and be set free, so that they can go to you and have a genuine, genuine relationship with you, our Father, who loves us so genuinely, Father God. And I thank you for that i thank you for your son god i thank you for continuing to cover us and protect us even though we definitely don't deserve it not one bit god 